Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from TalkSport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football, from their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they go for players they've seen in the flesh, or will they rely on reputation? Let's find out. Our guest today is a fine actor and director. A native son of Ireland, he's had a glittering career in TV, theatre and film. He co-wrote and starred in the 1991 comedy Hear My Song, and you may also know him as Alan Cox from The Jump or Martin Summers in Ashes to Ashes. He's more recently become hugely popular as Superintendent Ted Hastings in Line of Duty. It is, of course, the wonderful Adrian Dunbar. Adrian, welcome to your best 11. Can you start by telling us who you support and why? Uh, my team is Arsenal, and uh, I support them because uh, they won the FA Cup in 1971 in great style. And I was so enamoured with them and taken by that team and the, the nature of their performance and the day that was in it. Like a lot of young people, I got just thought, that's my team. I love that team. And that's why I've been supporting Arsenal ever since. So the the, the very famous uh, Charlie George ah, crucifixion yes. sort of, and he looked like a rock star as well, didn't he? The oh, he had the, yeah, the, the full the long hair, hair the lot, yes. Is that, is that what sort of like sealed your love for them? Yeah, that was it. That was it. It was, it was just, the, it was a fabulous day. Yeah. It was a great occasion. It was the FA Cup at a time when people didn't think that the FA Cup was a, a lesser kind of, you know, achievement. You know, that's kind of, that's gone into the consciousness that I don't agree with. It's still a fabulous thing to win. It's got all the tradition. You know, it's become our cup, hasn't it? In, in many ways, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, we, uh, it's, it's great. It's something that happens in London. You were a London club. You know, and, uh, you know, it gives us a bit of bragging rights over our neighbours and stuff like that. So, uh, so yeah, it's, a, it's a, you know, and, and it's always a great day out. It comes at the end of the season and it makes you feel good going into the downtime. So that's what's great about it. I'm going to guess when you were a kid, though, um, that you wouldn't have been necessarily surrounded where you lived with Arsenal fans. Well, who, were the, who would have been the, the big English sides that would have been supported by sort of your classmates and stuff? Well, yeah, the the teams that would have been well, of course, Manchester United would have been the main team, right. for obvious reasons in the nineteen sixties, and uh, you know, sixties going into the seventies, and then uh, there would have been a few Liverpool supporters, of course, and then a then there would have been the odds Chelsea, maybe the odd Spurs supporter, 
but uh, mainly also people supported uh, Glasgow Celtic, of course. Cool. Yes. Was, uh, you know, there's a big, big, you know, following for and the supporters clubs for Glasgow Celtic. Um, I was going to ask and, you about uh, Adrian, but, Adrian, because were you aware that, obviously you wouldn't have been aware, but that Arsenal are seen in this country as, as the kind of the, the North Irish team, you know, the team of, of Kilburn and, and those areas where a lot of Irish people settled in North London. Oh, yeah. And I mean, we've also always had some great Irish players through the team. There was, sure. a, you know, of course, there was a time when you, you know, in, 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 when, we won the, when we won the five minute final uh, with Liam Brady, there was, you know, like nine Irish players on the team. I yeah. mean, it was we, we've had we've had uh, pe- periods, you know, where there's been loads of Irish players on the on the Arsenal team. Sadly, not as many these days, but, you know, there's not as many home base players. Uh, playing in the Premiership, if you like, these days because it's become so much big business and so forth. But you know, back in those days, you know, Ar- Arsenal was a team that you know had a lot of Irish players from the north and the south, and uh, yeah, yeah. So, so that was one, that was one of the reasons why I gravitated. But that kind of happened slightly later than that period. Now you were pioneering, Adrian. Let's be honest, you were out there, <laughs> out there ahead of the curve. How about your earliest memories? Of football as a, as a kid, were you a bit of a player yourself? Oh, I love playing football. Oh, I just love playing football. I, you know, I've been standing there, you know, pick me, pick me, pick me, <laughs> you know, trying to stand, stand you know, and uh, you know, I always thought, always thought like a lot of, I always thought I was a lot better than I actually was, you know, which must have been slightly annoying for people. But I was used to play around right back, uh, you know, that seemed to be the position I always fell into. And uh, but but my earliest memories. The earliest memory I have of uh, was really watching Celtic win the European Cup. Right, yes. Uh, I, I remember watching Celtic win the European Cup, and I remember the the feeling that that produced. I mean, it was it was the most incredible thing. It'll, it'll, you know, it'll never be done again. One of the greatest achievements in soccer, you know, and definitely even in world sport, Celtic winning the European True. Cup. You know, all those the bunch of players all coming within eleven or twelve miles. From where they were all born into a club. I mean, that will just never happen again. And the the effect that it had on the community that I lived in in Northern Ireland was massive. It kind of gave people, I'm sure, you know, Glasgow people will know absolutely the amount of confidence. It just gave people confidence that things could be done. And I think, you know, you could say that, you know, if Glasgow Celtic hadn't done it that year, you know, United might have struggled the year after because that was the next big thing that happened, you know, watching, you know, watching United win the the, the European Cup and, and, and you know, seeing George Best just treat everybody with, dis- I mean, his <laughs> performance that night yeah. was absolutely incredible. He just treated everybody, he was just, he could have been playing a, a five-a-side game. He, you know, you hear managers talking these days about, you know, players going out and having the confidence to, you know, to play, to do things, to play things, having to instill that in them. George didn't need that. You know, he he went out as you know, as Busby used to say. You know, somebody wasn't listening to my team talk <laughs> because he, you know, you know, he he'd, he'd go out there and say, right, we're gonna gonna hang back the first twenty minutes. We're gonna see you soak it all up, and George would go and score two goals. Yeah. So it was like, you know, that was the second big one. You know, it was first of all it was Celtic, and that was like a, a milestone. I mean, a huge sporting milestone. And, you know, Glasgow's still living off the buzz of it, and I'm not surprised. And then you have, you know, United coming with all the backstory, 
you know, yeah, the, all, you know, all the all the stuff that had happened to, to, to the team, you know, and all that stuff that's, you know, that fed into into all that and and, and made their win so significant. Uh, so those are my kind of earliest sporting football memories. You know, uh, that's you know, yeah, yeah, those two. Brilliant. Um, Quite a high standard. Absolutely. Yes. Some great sporting events. Yeah. Uh, do you remember the first game that you went to uh, in a physical sense, Adrian? Well, my first, the first games, I mean, of course, I went to a lot of local games, you know, and, and uh, you know, there was a lot of, my hometown of Inniskillen, there was Inniskillen Rangers, Inniskillen Town, you know, Lisbalaw, you know, good teams, you know, really good standard of football, uh, you know, uh, out the West, uh, you know, of Northern Ireland. And uh, so I'd, I'd go and watch those games, of course. But the first game I went to in London in, the, uh, you know, in, in League Division One was someone got me, you know, I was a student, so I was skint, but somebody got tickets. I can't remember how. Somebody was given tickets to a West Ham game. And so the first game I went to was at Upton Park. Of course it was. And, oh, he's, uh, he's, he's cheering <laughs> next to me. I'm with you now, Adrian. Press on. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, is that all right? Is it? Yeah, it's very good. It's very good indeed. <laughs> and uh, it, it, the, the sight lines weren't that good because it was all standing. True. It was like everybody scrunched in, you know, And uh, but a great atmosphere. The thing I remember most about that day was how skillful Trevor Brooking was oh, as a big man. Yeah. He had unbelievable feet. He was able to flick the ball, do all kinds of stuff. He was he, like really, he was a revelation. Because I'd watched him obviously on the telly, but to see him actually, you know, I just thought, wow, you know, you just don't understand football and athleticism and see what great athletes these guys are until you get up close. And I think that's a lot. I think a lot of people forget that. You know, that if you go to a live game, it's like if you go to a, you know a, a live dance event or a live, you know, you suddenly start to appreciate. The athleticism and the, you know, the elegance and Good the, point. I mean, you know, the first time I saw, you know, we saw Thierry Henry. I mean, just, you know, the movement of the guy. So you know, graceful. The athleticism. Yeah, 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 yeah. Graceful. The gracefulness of it. Trevor Brooking had a bit of that, yes. I thought. And uh, so, so that was, that was, um, that was my first game. Yeah, it was very exciting. And do, do you, did you have a favourite player as a kid? Yeah, I did have a favourite player. I mean, most people really loved, um, George, of course, and, and and rightly so. What a genius, you know. He, and he had everything, you know, the fifth Beatle. Yeah. He looked fabulous and all the rest of it. But, you know, I really had, I re, uh, Graw, as we say in Ireland, I, lo- I really loved Dennis Law. Yeah. I liked Dennis. He was like a poacher yeah. when he scored a goal. He was just delighted. He was, he was naughty. He had a glint in his eye. He was funny. You know, uh, he was. Uh, I just, I really liked him. I really, you know, he'd, he'd be there. He'd be. He, he was ho- holding his shirt in his hands. You know, it'd be freezing. He looked like he'd be really cold. It looked like some geezer had just come off the Hackney <laughs> Marshes, sort of thing. I remember somebody. And, uh, so, somebody said once that if if George was a Beatle, he he was the he was the Mick Jagger with the shirt just a bit down, well, a bit more come, attitude. Would well, Dennis Law always look like snake hips, like Rod Stewart? Yeah, he did. And, he and, and, like a and he always looked a bit of a rascal, like Rod Stewart as well. <laughs> it's a great shout, Adrian. Actually. He did. He did. That's that. Yeah, that that was the thing that drew me to me to him, and he and he'd, he'd score great goals. He'd score yeah. overhead kicks, and he'd score all kinds of stuff. You know, he was always. And he was almost giving it large once he had scored, you know, like, you know, I really, I really loved him. I really loved Dennis, yeah. Once you got to, uh, based in London, you was, it was at the Guildhall, wasn't you? Were, were you living over sort of Barbican Way? Is that where you were based when you moved to London? 
No, no, I was living on the Isle of Dogs, actually. That's uh, that's where I was living. What were you doing by the way? Of, you know, by way of going to Arsenal games, did you have a set plan when you want when you wanted to watch Arsenal? Well, no. In those days, I mean, literally, we were you were skint, so I really didn't have any dough to get to the game. So we were just watching the games on telly all the time whenever we could, and you know, and also I was delighted to find out that even amongst you know, some airy-fairy actors. There was a bunch of lads who just, you know, loved to watch the games. So we didn't really have the money to get to games, but we would go up and watch the games. And, you know, we'd go up to Highbury now and again, hang out, go around, you know, maybe be in the pub, watch the thing. But it was it was expensive, you know. Yeah, it was yeah. expensive. We didn't know anybody, really, at that point. We didn't have any contacts or anything like that. Um, it, was on, it wasn't until later on when I'd meet a few actors who had, you know got season tickets or something like that, then you start to go in. But I started all through the 90s. I was there. The late 80s, all through the 90s, I started to go to Highbury and uh, the North Bank. And, uh, oh, fantastic days on the North Bank and Highbury. Fantastic. It's, it's funny, yeah. Adrian, because, uh, you know, we, we, I've spoken to you about this. You, you were a, a well-known actor, but in the Indian summer, as you said to me once of your career, you've now... Let's be fair. Become a household name on um, on line of duty, um, and there's a wonderful photograph of you in the in the FA Cup final, uh, which I loved, which uh, a newspaper took, and the joy on your face. Aaron Ramsey has just scored, hasn't he? And, and looks like Arsenal going to oh, win the cup yeah. final. Um, and Mark was saying that the days from being a student when you had to travel across London and it was difficult for you. What is it like now for you to go to Highbury? Do you go to the new stadium and do you know people there? Yeah, I go down, I go to the Emirates and, uh, you know, I've been very lucky that I've, uh, you know, I can count, you know, Liam Brady as a friend. I've wow. met Liam over the over the years. And uh, so, you know, I might, you know, meet Liam at the start of the game and he'll introduce me to a couple of people and, you know, we get a nice seat. All the seats are good at the Emirates, but uh, I used to have season tickets. But, you know, it's really difficult because, you know, like a lot of people, I was... Um, Oh God, who's this? <laughs> Don't let it turn it off, do you? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just gonna te- text this person. No worries, you take your time. Live <laughs> on radio. <laughs> what was that? What was that last? Can one I? There? I can I just? I, I don't know if I've mentioned this, but it, but it just tickled me. I had to, I found this out because Liam Brady obviously turned up at West Ham. And you mentioned Indian summers, and he was fantastic player. At West Ham, and I was yeah. writing a piece about him in the program, and of course he was called Chippy, and I just always yeah. assumed it's because of that wand of a foot of his, and it transpires he's, he was called that since kid because he liked chips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. You would have thought it was because he can chip anything, but no, it's yeah. uh, apparently that's the story. Apparently yeah. that's the story. Brilliant. What Brilliant. a what what a what a genius player and beautiful and, um, player to of watch. Course, oh yeah. Oh yeah, no. Th- th- there was somebody who just had time on the ball, but I remember that uh, what Johnny was saying earlier about Aaron Ramsey arriving in, and uh, it's 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 very really sad we we lost uh, Aaron, um, you know, and went the same way as Liam really. I mean, we should never have sold uh, Liam Brady. We should never, you know, let him go. He he went off to UV. We won the league for them, you know. Sure, did, yeah. I sure. mean, it, it was we made a mistake there, and. Uh, but um, yeah, he's absolutely loved as one of the the club's greatest ever players, and definitely probably he's my greatest player for my Ireland eleven. So 
which I'd like to talk to you about maybe a bit later Coming on. up, I have no, yes, there's a little yeah. tease. Stick with us. Can I just, I mean, it's always worth asking an Arsenal fan this. Do you spend too much time comparing the Emirates with Highbury and the experience? Is it is it something that you think about much? Um, yes, because, you know, it's like, you can't help thinking back, well, we lived for 23 years in that house and then we moved house and we came here and, mm. you know, I mean, there was an atmosphere there. There was, you know, and listen, the thing about football is in football grounds is that they're like churches or anything like that, arenas. You know, people come every week, thousands of people. They go in there and they leave all this emotion behind them. And when you go to the Camp Nou or the Bernabeu and all that, yeah, you know, I'm sure that you you walk in there and you know that this is ritual space. Mm. And you know that people have left all this emotion in there behind them over the years. And what we did was, you know, we left the place where we had invested all our emotion for years and years and years. And for some people, it was their whole lives. Yeah. Some people at Arsenal, you know, like, you know, like Sue Tully, people like that, who, who've been going since they were two or three years. I mean, Sue Tully is a memory of lifting the ball out of the gully and handing it to Pat oh. Rice when she was about about four years or five years of age. Her dad lifted, lifted her over the barrier. You Fantastic. know, people have been going there three, three, four generations, you know, and uh, left there. And then you've got to go to somewhere that's brand new, that's antiseptic. And, you know, it's just... And, of course, everybody split up. People yeah. over the years, they knew who they knew who was around them. They knew that, you know, they'd shift seats because they wanted to be in this particular part of the crowd or this particular part of the crowd. So there was big concentrations of fans in certain areas of the ground, you know, the West Bank or the North Bank. And, you know, and, uh, you know, they, we used to, you know, sing, sing each other out and stuff like that. And suddenly... Everybody was all over the place. There was no cohesion. And for years, there's been no cohesion at the Emirates. But it's starting starting to, and now, of course, we got COVID, so that's killed it all. But it was starting to get together and starting to just starting to find out where everybody was going to be. Yes, the North Bank was going to be behind that goal. Let's put the clock back up there. Let's try and get some sense of Highbury back into the ground. Yeah. And uh, I know they used to always call it Highbury the Library and that. <laughs> But uh, you know, you know, we <laughs> we used to wait to see something happening. You know, <laughs> and, uh, it's, a it's, a, it's a very London crowd, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's yeah, impressed me first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, how's 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 the team set up? You know, yeah. you know how are we how are we approaching this? You know, but there's great um, there's a great buzz about the place. I'm joining you at a great point in Arsenal's history. I think. Yeah. There's a great you know, there's a great buzz about the place. We seem to have found someone who understands the club and its values and understands players and uh, and is a great tactician. And, yeah, I, I, I'm very, for the first time in many years, I'm really confident that we have a, a plan and a manager who's going to take us forward, uh, you, you know, and back to where we think we should be, which is a top four team qualifying for Europe. You know, it is difficult to see the, the draws being made and us not in it. Yeah, and uh, and stuff like that. So, I, I know nobody's got a divine right to to do any of that. Of course, they haven't. But uh, you know, we we are a big club. Club. We've got great support, and uh, you know, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed. We can we can start making inroads. Brilliant, Adrian. Have you got a, a favorite piece of memorabilia or or a memento? 
I don't actually. I was I was thinking about this. Do I have some? I mean that the one thing I do have is a replica 1971 shirt. Oh, but I've got shirts are. from all. I've got kit from different periods. You know, I've got the JVC kit, obviously, and I've got the uh, you know I've got the old. And that was the other thing, you know, the old kit from the 90s, just the, the long sleeved red, very simple, you know, the, the kit that Brady would have worn um, and those guys in the 70s. I mean, that kit is a great kit. And sometimes because that was kind of like a replica of the 30s kit. Yes. And some, sometimes we, we'd be playing, you know, a midweek match in the evening at Highbury and the lads would be wearing that kit and the sun would be in the summer and the sun would be shining on the pitch. It was like sometimes you could be like transported back in time. It was like you you were so it was like you were back in, in the nineteen. It was Ted Drake, you know. You're back in the nineteen thirties <laughs> or whatever it was, and you were kind of you know you were watching, you were looking at the past, and those those are the things, of course, that you you lose slightly when you move to a new ground. It's a difficult transition moving to a new ground. It yes. is. Have you got a favourite player now? Well, of course, you know you got to love a Bamiyang. I yeah. mean, he has stuck with us and, you know, there's a lot of clubs would have been looking at him. True. He's got great energy. He's he's fun. He loves the game. You know, he works really hard. He's a model professional, you know, all that sort of stuff. But, but um, I do like Tierney. He's got great intelligence. He sees the game really well. He, he acts really early on things. He's great at releasing Aubameyang. And, you know, we, we missed him for a couple of weeks there and you would miss him out of the squad and out of the team. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really uh, you know, delighted he's with us. I think it was a great buy. Mm. And uh, so he's like my kind of favourite player at the minute. I'm, I'm hoping we keep him injury free. That's the thing. That's the thing. He had a bit of a stutter start, didn't he, because of injuries. But what you can see, he looks like the kind of guy that you could re- really build that defence around, which wouldn't be a bad idea at Arsenal, would it? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, it wouldn't be a bad idea at all. I mean, the thing about uh, Kieran Tierney, though, is as well, you know, that you know, when he was at Celtic, he, I don't know, he played loads of games for Celtic when he was quite young. Yeah. You know, so he's he's been working, he's been working really hard. Hopefully we can construct a really good back four over the next while. Bellerin has been one of the best fullbacks in the, in the English league for years and years now. I mean, you know, we, we've kind of, you know, you don't see what he does. He's 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 a fantastic player. He really is, and he's done a couple of you know things recently, which has made us realise what a great player he is again. And yeah, and uh, so we have players across the back. It's but you know, we have a tradition of having a great back four. We had one of the best back fours ever in the league. So yeah. we you know we have to we have quite a high standard, and to get that kind of understanding. That you know your Bowles and the Keons and the Dixons and the you know the Adams is you know had amongst themselves. It takes a couple of years, so we're in, we're in the making. We're in the making. That's that's the thing. We're in the making. I just wanted to tap on this just quickly because I love talking to Arsenal fans about this. If you were an Arsenal fan when I was a kid, I mean they took great delight in being Arsenal. You know, yes. having the most organised team, the famous back four step out. You know where they claim an offside. You know, uh, boring, boring Arsenal. That. Tony Adams playing with his arm constantly in the yes. air. Yes, of and course. And then yes. a complete, almost um, <laughs> turnaround in philosophy, and they turned into this swashbuckling, <laughs> team, you know, What's Barcelona of of British football. That must have been quite interesting to, to, to <laughs> sort of live through, Adrian, if you know what I mean. 
Yes, no, it was. It was fantastic. I mean, George Graham, you know, I mean, we, the, the point about it is, is that you, that's how you, that's how you see it now. But you have to look at it to five or six years before all those things were happening, you know. Um, you know, but George came came along. George did really well. He settled the team. He got that he got that one nil thing going on, and everybody. We got the Subaru being boring Arsenal. You know, other teams are winning one nil. That never happened to them. Anyway, in comes one of the greatest managers of all time, and rather like Klopp in Liverpool, but not quite. But rather like when Klopp went to his first big club, nobody really knew who Arsene Wenger was. Yeah, true. We didn't know what he was doing, and he brought in a whole philosophy. But he also brought in some very, I mean, there was a lot of aggression in, you know, coming from managers in English football and kind of being aggressive about what they're doing. And he's here, here comes this guy who's got a much more compassionate idea of how to treat footballers and how to tease out of them their best performances and get them up to speed and give in 100%. And, and doing it for, the, for, for different reasons other than kind of being in fear of something or being aggressive towards someone else. I, I, mean, I, I, did, I did not see. I did not see. <laughs> what about when Ian Wright uh, helped? I did not see what Twitter said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, like, I think I did not see was the right thing. You don't want your manager coming out going, yeah, I saw that. He was terrible. He's not playing next week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. <laughs> it's a very, very sophisticated answer. Correct, Adrian. Yes, oh, I agree yeah, with yeah, you entirely. Thank you. Now, you touched on earlier that you kind of have something of a collection of of vintage shirts um, as sort of like your memorabilia collection. But do you have yeah. a favourite from your of the Arsenal shirts? Yeah, yeah. It's got to be the 71 shirt. Fair enough. 71 shirt. Great colour. It's, it's an... It's, oh, great colour. You mean the away shirt? shirt? Is it a white? The away yeah. shirt. Yeah, the yes, yellow, yes, the yellow it's, and blue. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah, the yellow and blue. Yeah, it's our away shirt. Yeah, I mean, we went a bit wrong when we... we when a, there's a mad one that got yellow and black and all kind of the mad. The banana. You know... Yeah, the banana, mate. No, none of us like that. But, uh, I mean, all clubs have got a real nutcase shirt at some point, don't they? <laughs> true, yeah. But, uh, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that's that's the one. That's the one. It's uh, there's, there's something about it. It's got a... And, of course, you know, it's got a kind of Brazil vibe about it. Yeah. You know, Do you know too. what? The whole you know. kit did, didn't it, really? That's right. And and there yeah. was... And you going all the way back to the point you're making, I remember distinctly that cup final because, as you say, it's the classic one where people say it's always sunny on FA Cup final day. And, what, and that's the game oh, that yeah. will remind you of what's, that. What's interesting as well is how much uh, human emotion is tied into it and nostalgia because, yeah. obviously, the, the great kits like Forrest's European Cup winning kit is famous because they won the European Cup in it. Yeah. You know? Arsenal's, that Arsenal yeah. kit is It comes famous. in handy, Yeah, because, it? you know, that... Charlie George and that iconic image, Manchester United's 1968 blue European yes. Cup. It's, it's almost the top becomes synonymous with a, a great uh, a great event, really, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, true. Yes, that's right. That's right. Yeah, that's it. it what's it, what it's representative of, the best of the club. Yes. You know, that, 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 you know that's what it's representative of. It's great. We're just going to ask you, I mean... Next. I, I've got a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a feeling um, I might know the answer to this. Have you got another team other than Arsenal that, that, uh, that you've got a uh, soft spot for? Well, of course, Celtic. I've got a soft spot for yeah. uh, you know, I really do. Uh, it's kind of, the supporters are great. I mean, if you, if you ever been to any of their games, it's just a party. Mm. And uh, you know, I've been to a few Celtic games. Of course, Martin Compton here is a huge Celtic fan. Yes, and uh, yeah, and they're, they're just great crack. Uh, but the other team I always really liked from back in the seventies was Ajax. Yeah, oh, I've always God. had a thing yeah. about. 
yeah, I've always had a thing about Ajax. I've always, I've always loved the way they kind of, they had this philosophy really early on, the way they brought young players through, the, the way they weren't afraid to throw young players into really big games and kind of, I mean, you see the, the players who come out of there over the years, you just see what a great hothouse uh, Ajax has been. Uh, and the total football idea, uh, you know, fantastic, fantastic club. You know, I just love clubs that kind of bring, you know, bring a kind of philosophy to the game with them. You know, I just, uh, I think that's special um, to, to have that about a club. I think it's special. Yeah, but but let's stop the very point you're making, John. If if you've got this young Dutch side that play that particular way, and you've got guys like Johan Cruyff and Nieskins playing in that side, then you've got that shirt, yeah, the white shirt with the massive broad red stripe. You're gonna be iconic, whatever it's, way you look at it. Aren't great, you? Do you know I found a great thing out yeah, today yeah. about Cruyff that you two will love? One of his pre-match rituals was he always chewed gum and then spat the gum in the opposition's half just before a game. Oh, really? Absolutely oh. staked his claim. And this one time, he forgot. He didn't have any gum, and he went out, and they lost the game 4-1. This is Ajax. So he always made sure wow. that he had some gum before the game. <laughs> <laughs> and you love the idea of this, you know, one of the great footballers, you know, the way he moved, we talked about earlier on, a, a wonderful athlete, oh, great yeah. with the ball. But actually, oh, chewing yeah. gum was really important. <laughs> and where he spat yeah. to how he played. The thing, the thing about Cruyff, though, is that here's the thing. And him and Brady are very similar because, you know, a lot of people say, you know, neither of them had what you would call incredible speed. No. But they, but both of them seem to have huge amounts of time on the ball. Yeah. They just seem to be able to make time, you know, to give themselves time. It was, it's unbelievable quality to have as a footballer. Yes. And uh, which is why I believe both of them would still do well even now in in the game as it is today. Even with the pressing game, I still think that they would be able to marshal the midfield, to find the time to make the pass. You know, it's, you know I, I think they're both on a par, really. I'd put them both on a par. It's a great point. I always remember cool. the um, the great Barry John saying, it wasn't, again, wasn't particularly quick, but was able to just go, to go past people. And he said something, mm. and Muhammad Ali said something very similar. He said, uh, I see everything in slow motion. Yeah, what a great line that mm. is! So as a human being, he was just yes. able to, to, to predict and to see what others, you know. Couldn't. So what was happening around him was yes. almost irrelevant, yes. wasn't it? It was in his own little yeah. world, yeah. yeah. And it's really into the, all the top yeah. sports people have that, as yeah. you said, as you said, Adrian. I see There's an interesting much. thing actually. There's an interesting thing that happened. I remember reading years ago um, about this thing about seeing things in slow motion, mm. and I, I think it was Nigel Mansell was out in. In America, they were promoting the F1 in America and seeing that could they get them off the ovals at uh, Indianapolis and get them into a kind of, uh, you know, a street circuit game. Yeah. And so anyway, Nigel, Nigel was out there and he was at uh, one of the baseball. They brought him to Yankee Stadium. And of course, every time you go to Yankee Stadium and that, they kind of said, you want to try and, you know, hit a few balls. And of course, he went, yeah, all right. So he, apparently this is, it might be a part of, you know, one of the stories. But anyway... Story is he went out and they got they got a pitcher in and he hit like three balls out of six or seven and they were absolutely astounded. And when they said to him, you know, how you know how how are you doing that? He says, well, look, in Formula One, he said you have to think faster. It's about thinking faster so that you can slow the action down. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. The faster you think, you can slow the action down. And so I think those players are. And those people, it's like that. You just, you're just thinking so far. I mean, to be a, 
a hundred meter runner, yeah. you have to think fast. Nobody, you can't, if you can't think fast, you can't run that fast. Mm. So if you can't, so that's kind of something that I think is a quality of great sports people. They're thinking so fast, they're slowing the action down. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting yeah. one, isn't it? It's a like great, yeah. great point. This is the Best 11 podcast from Talk Sport. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Adrian, tell us about your best 11. You're going to pick a very specific best 11, aren't you? I love it. Yes, I'm picking an All-Ireland 11. Very nice. Very nice. Like, a bit like the rugby team does, only for football, which I think is a wonderful which idea. Which oh, Well, looking forward to this, yes. because, of course, I can't think I've seen this before. Exactly. So, yeah. and, and an abundance of riches here if you've got an All-Ireland team. So, let's take yeah, us through yeah, it. It's, Let us know your goalkeeper. Yes, right, OK. I'm going I'm going 4-4-2, OK? So, uh, goalkeeper... You know, we've got like this great keepers like Shea Given, Harry Gregg going back, to, you know, but it's got to be Pat Jennings. Yes. <laughs> I was just just mouthing that to the to a young producer. Yeah. Uh, what a goalkeeper, Pat Jennings. Yeah. Biggest hands in football, as they yeah. say, isn't it? Yeah, Pat. He, I, I've, I've, yeah, Pat. I've, Pat's the only person I know whose hand goes the whole way around a pint glass. <laughs> <laughs> he's, 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 his fingers touched, did they? That's another pump, thumb and finger touching. Well, and he did yes, what you described earlier. His goalkeeping was in slow motion. He he read yeah. so much of what was going to happen before it happened. Yeah, absolute unbelievable goalkeeper, and could do. I mean, he. That thing where he used to kind of, he'd be in midair, his hand would be out, he'd have the ball and his fingers would flick the ball down his arm so that when he hit the ground, the ball would be just nestled. Yeah, I mean, he'd, ridiculous. Un, he, unbelievable. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Ridiculous. Great so then we've got, um, yeah, right back, I'm going with, uh, you know, because we got like, you know, there's Seamus Coleman and mm-hmm. uh, at the moment, who's a great right back, but I'm going Dennis Irwin. Oh. Yeah. So I've got Dennis Irwin in at right back. Absolutely, you know, somebody who can, you know, great shot on him, kind of good on the overlap, 
solid, never never put a foot wrong. And in United you know, 11s more often than not, not, not as well, in, isn't Always he? in people's yeah. United 11, Dennis Irwin. Absolutely interesting, yeah, yeah. Well, yes, that's what... Well, Alex Ferguson said he was the first name on the team sheet. Yeah. Just, it says, a, says, says everything. Says everything, yep. absolutely. Got Irwin? So, so okay. They, so they, so we got early. So we're going across the the back four, and uh, you know we got people like Ronnie Whelan and uh, you know <clears throat> Dave O'Leary. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I'm going Paul McGrath. Oof. God, God, as they call him, Villa fans still call him God, don't they? Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Paul McGrath. You know, talk about reading the game. Yeah, that's very I good mean, point. nobody, nobody ever was in the right position as much as Paul McGrath. Even when, his, even when his knees were gone, his, it, it, that was even what he could do, couldn't he? Gone, yeah. He was just there. He just read the game so well. Really kind of calm presence in there, passing out, passing the ball out of the fence. Mark Lawrenson, I'm going beside him. Nice. Uh, you know. Rolls-Royce. Yeah, I'm going for Mark Lawrenson because uh, big, strong centre-half, great motivator, great at pushing the team on, very kind of, you know, Making himself useful in the opposition box at corners yeah. and stuff like that. Upright. Really, really a very great player. player wasn't yep. he? Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and then there's a few players, oh, a couple of players putting their hands up for left back. But I'm going for a player called Noel Cantwell. Yes, and uh, uh, of course, you, another you know, a West Ham connected name. That's where he. That's yes. where he broke through, wasn't it? As West Ham. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So no, Noel Cantwell's in there. Um, and there was Con Martin as well across the back four, but you know, Lawrenson. So, Cantwell, Erwin, McGrath, Lawrenson, Cantwell across Lovely. the back four. Lovely. Then, middle of the park, I'm going Danny Blanchflower. Nice. Fair enough. I'm going Liam Brady. Yeah. John Giles. Yep. And Andy Townsend. Ooh. Oh. Now, Townsend's name does sound, you might argue, a, a little bit unusual in that company. <laughs> but let me put it like that. Would that um, be unreasonable? It would be unreasonable to say that. But here's the thing. You put, you know, you've got, you know, I know everybody's going to be putting their hands up for Roy. Yes. But for me, you know, Andy Townsend, is, you know, Andy Townsend was the first player on Jack Charlton's team sheet. Good point. And right. the reason why is that he was a player... He he killed any space, you know, you, that that was being created. He was great at closing people down. He was great in front of the back four. He did loads of work that you didn't see. He's one of those really really brilliant players whose work you don't really see. And you know, I'm looking for a settled team here. Yeah. So you know, there's certain personalities that you just know will be cohesive across that. Midfield and with John Giles and Liam Brady, they're two pretty tough. You've got some passing there, haven't you, Adrian? Yes, <laughs> you've got some left feet, you've got left feet, you've got right feet, you've got you know, and Danny Blanchflower, one of the great, great players oh, of yeah, all time. Fantastic, great mention, uh, great mention, yes. like double, it. Double winner with Spurs yeah. and all sorts, yeah, yeah. And you've got you know, so you've got you know, you got Martin O'Neill across there as well, you know, of course. Mm. Um. So uh, there's tough decisions to make in there, and um, and then of course you know who do you play up front? You've got Aldridge, Stapleton. Yeah. You know you've got the great Peter Doherty, Jimmy mm. Dunn. You know there's great players up there in front. But I'm going for I can't leave George out. Sure. Oh yeah, you George. just cannot leave George out. So I'm going George Best, and I'm going the great Charlie Tully from Celtic. Right, uh, Charlie Tully. 
you, you know, he could do things way before anybody else was doing it. He's the first player, one of the first players. I mean, he scored, for example, I think he scored against England from a corner. Uh, the referee didn't know what to do. It was the first time anybody <laughs> had ever done it. He made him take it again. He scored from a corner again. Wow. The stories about him are legion and legendary. Him coming in, him coming in off the, the off the left wing, passing, you know, doing things, setting George up. George taking it past two or three players. I mean, you know, it's it's not bad. So not that's too shabby. that's my not kind of too shabby. not too shabby. And as for a manager for that team, I'm going to go Mick McCarthy. And the reason I'm going Mick McCarthy is because I think Mick was really underrated as a manager. And I think of a couple of things that have gone his way through his career. If certain things had happened the right way for him, we'd have been looking at Mick as kind of one of our greatest managers, especially for an Ireland team. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought he he got great work out of players. He got great loyalty out of players. He was loyal to players. So I'm going to go with Mick. He had a great uh, club career as well. I I really love the way. Can I just ask you then quickly, Adrian? I mean, the whole Keane thing in in that that infamous you know World Cup incident where he flies back from Saipan. Where did you stand on all that? What did you make of it all? My feeling is is that you put your country before any of your personal stuff in that situation, and you know, uh, I I felt that uh, you know it's it's a contentious thing, and of course Roy Keane is he's a fabulous footballer. I mean, you know, come on. He's one of the greatest players we ever had. A motivational player. I mean, where would United have been without him sometimes? Drumming them up, pushing them on, you know. And and being an enforcer for Alex, you know, when he needed somebody to kind of drum somebody up or focus somebody and all the rest of it. But, you know, there are times in, you know, when, you know, and I don't, nobody really know the full story. I, I, I don't know the full story. But I just think, you know, the way it played out, um, I was disappointed because we had we had a really good chance. Oh, good I mean, you'd, you'd beaten you'd beaten Germany, right? right? On the cusp, You're right yeah. on the cusp. Yeah. And you, you do have to think. We right Roy Keane and that team, a bit like what Wales had with Bale, you could have got to a semi final, yeah. and then anything can happen, can't it? Even in your fantasy All Ireland team, you've been very wise not to put Roy Keane in the midfield with Mick McCarthy as the manager. <laughs> yeah, very exactly. smart, Adrian. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Adrian, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to have Brilliant, you on. Thank, thank you so much for joining us and good luck with uh, the rest of filming. Gentlemen, thanks, Adrian. Loved it, loved it. The Best 11 podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you for listening to the Best 11 podcast. Don't forget there are new episodes out every Monday and Thursday. So join us for more football memories and another Best 11 very soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 